thinking outside the box and the box that came in the blind leading the nearsighted four out of five doctors recommend not listening this is cash withdrawal and four out of five doctors recommend not hey friends welcome back to cash withdrawal quarantine edition day 53 hope you had a nice weekend it's about 127 in the morning can't sleep thought i'd get up and talk to you for a second about the quarantine looks like it's nearing closer to the end than the start but uh, thought i'd come down to the basement and give you some notes from the underground it's uh we're going to talk about a few things on the show we're going to talk about uh someone shushing me in the neighborhood uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the sea sparkle. I'm going to talk about marriage, cell phones, the news. But first, we're going to talk about the Asian hornets, which are coming over. Uh, I read an article <laughs> that the Asian hornets are coming to America. They're crossing the border. Uh, they're lethal. Apparently, there's some hornets that uh, their sting could kill you. I didn't even read the article. I saw that other 50 people have died from Asian hornets. And I thought, what What have we done? Have we done something to offend the gods in America? I mean, what, we've got Asian hornets. We've got uh, the coronavirus. Can you imagine at this point, like I know there's been some alien sightings or some UFO sightings. Can you imagine the aliens landing at this point on Earth, maybe in America, and first they meet Donald Trump, and then they realize there's a coronavirus, and then they realize there's Asian hornets here, and they're just like, you know what? Let's get the fuck out of here. And they just never come back. I feel like that's really what would happen. Uh, I don't think we have to worry about the uh, aliens at this point. Um, I think it's cool there were some UFO sightings. It seems sort of curious that this story is coming out now. It seems like sort of a distraction by our government um, so that we kind of think about other things. They probably are also pushing the Asian Hornets story um, just to kind of, kind of reconfigure the focus at this point. But... Uh, Asian hornets? I mean, do we not have enough to worry about right now? With the virus? The political situation? Our jobs being lost? Aliens on the planet? Now the Asian hornets are coming? Could they have just chosen it? You know what? Maybe the Asian hornets are picking a time when we're distracted. They're like, this is the time to cross the border. I don't even know which border they're coming in from. So I don't even know if any of the story is true. But... um the Asian Hornets are here. Look it up. I'll probably find out more after this episode, but it's one in the morning. I don't want to look it up. I kind of, to be honest, I don't want to know too much more about it. I've got enough to worry about right now. But uh, the Asian Hornets are coming. I was, um, I was shushed in my neighborhood. My neighborhood, you know, when you get too many people with too much time on their hands. I've been pretty busy during this whole era with the two kids, and I also picked up some writing stuff, um, some writing work. So I, I've been pretty busy, but I know that some of the people in the neighborhood have not been very busy. 
And I think the more time people have, the more they can focus on things that are upsetting them. And I mean, I was outside with my kids at like 10 p.m. And somebody leaned out their window and shushed us. This is a Friday night, 10 p.m. I mean, come on, you shushing me? Really? Uh, but I think that's what happens. I think a lot of the people in the neighborhood are kind of getting on each other's nerves. At first, everyone was very gentle with themselves and each other. And now I think as this thing has progressed, at least in the neighborhood I live in and some other parts of the country, people get uh, kind of, you know, they feel kind of confined for too long. They've had too much time on their hands. They start to get upset about certain things that are happening. Um, you know, the more time people have, the more it's easy for that to happen. Um, you need to obsess about something. Um, I remember somebody telling me once, they said, if you, if you were to tell somebody that once a week they had to pick up a check, you know, they're going to get sent a check in the mail. And that's all they have to do for a living is pick up the check in the mail, then take it to the bank. That's all they have to do each week. Uh, and that's their only job, really, is to pick up the check and distribute it, uh, get it to the bank and deposit it they would start to feel resentful of the day that the, of the let's say it came on Tuesdays they'd start to feel resentful that every Tuesday they had to do this task they'd start to like why can't it be direct deposit why do I got to walk out that walk out to the mailbox would be difficult and then the drive over to the bank would be difficult that hour of or half an hour of an errand every week would feel monumental and to some extent, when I talk to people, that's how this seems to me. Some of the people that have had too much time, you know, every, th every task they do have becomes bigger and bigger. It becomes harder and harder because uh, it's really all that's going on. Uh, so somebody shushed me and, uh, you know, it was Friday night and uh, I, I was pissed. I don't know who it was. But I'm going to find out where that shush came from. And uh, I'm going to sick some Asian hornets on those people. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> we still have a sea sparkle here. Or as my son calls it, uh, you know, the Arctic lights. That's what they call the, uh, I think the, uh, I don't know, whatever those lights are uh, when you go into that part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but here, you know, the ocean is creating this, they call it a sea sparkle. My son calls it the uh, aquatic sites, which I think is a pretty cool name. Uh, we talked about Com Thomas Kincaid last week and the uh, artist of light or the painter of light. But it is still going on a week later. And it's crazy. Um, and it just shows that like we've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I mean, people are driving over here to see it. Uh, at night, although the beaches are closed in the daytime, at night there's a line of cars. People are out in the sand. If you actually hit the sand with your foot, it glows in the dark. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go online and just look up Los Angeles, Red Sea or Sea Sparkle or Plankton, and you'll see a picture of what I'm talking about. Every time the waves crash, the waves light up and it's fluorescent and it's very cool. Um, but we talked about this on a previous podcast, the idea of diminishing returns. 
And it's weird because it's been like a week and now I'm just kind of used to it. And I just kind of look out the window. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's still happening tonight. That's cool. I go back and watch a little bit more television. I mean, it's like I'm already immune to it after a week. This magical thing that people are driving, you know, for hundreds of miles to come see. And I'm already immune to the splendors of it. And I just wish life wasn't like that. I wish we could just enjoy things for longer without getting used to them. And I think that's what makes marriage challenging. I mean, if, if you can feel that way about this amazing thing where the ocean creates these bright lights every night, these fluorescent blue lights, uh, and you can become immune to it within a week, what happens when you're together with someone for, you know, 10, 15, 20 years and more. You get used to them. And, uh, you know, I thought during this entire era, uh, my relationship uh, with my wife would become stronger. I thought this is going to be great for your family to be cooped up with your family for 53 days. And I don't think we've gotten worse. We're not getting on each other's nerves like some families from the people I've talked to. But... Do I think we're stronger than we were as a unit? That's something that we're going to have to look back on and decide. That's what I'm thinking. Because I know the keys to relationships, the biggest key, I think, is is to create memories. And we haven't been able to create that many memories with this. And that's the, the downside of this time we've been able to spend together. It's not like for 53 days we went over and did something miraculous or had a, you know amazing experience somewhere and we can joke about it later. We had this thing where we were secluded together, and uh, it was a bit traumatic. And I think maybe later we'll look back on it and be like, yeah, we were, this is the four of us. Four of us went through that uh, quarantine together, and that's something we'll always have. And I think it'll seem more like an experience once it's over and once it's in the rearview mirror. But right now, there's no like major event except just being home. And for me, working more than I was before. Um, homeschooling. I thought that would make me closer to my kids. Really, it just makes me angry at their teachers um, because uh, they're just just loading the shit out of us with work. I think the teachers are like, hey, you know, they might not even be back next year or let's make our job easier next year. Let's just overload them with eight hours of work a day. Uh, the homeschooling has been happening. Um, but, you know, the point is, you know, that's what's challenging, the diminishing returns. But here's the good news. Um, that's what's challenging about life, about appreciating things. Uh, once something, you know, the first time something happens, it's so special. Uh, the hundredth time it happens, it's not as special, and that hurts. But it goes both ways, and that's what's cool about it. Um, with, I mean, I don't know if this is cool, but... It goes with negative things, too. You get used to negative things. And that's kind of surprised me also. I don't even know if the, I, I, you know what? Retract that. This part isn't cool, but it's interesting. Let me put it that way. Let me be very cool. There's nothing clear. There's nothing cool about this. But on Saturday, they reported that 1,400 more people had lost their lives to this virus. And I was just stunned that that was like the 10th or 15th story Uh on the news telecast. I mean, it was, it was like people just get used to it. They just get used to the idea. That's that's pretty much half of what we lost on 9-11 in one day, on Saturday. And everyone's like, we got to go outside again. 
fuck this. Forget the quarantine. Let's go surfing. Like people are getting used to it. They're getting used to the idea. So you can get used to bad things too. And uh, again, I'm retracting that. There's nothing cool about that. But I find that interesting and sad. But at the same time, we're toughening our skin for this kind of thing. Because apparently, maybe we're going to have to get used to, you know, some levels of loss for a while. And the only way to live is to try to um, maybe become a little bit immune to it. Not the virus itself, but to the sadness that it's causing us. Because you can only feel sad for so long. So I guess this thing swings both ways. And, uh, you know, the diminishing returns on good things, uh, like the sea sparkle or the uh, aquatic sites, as my son calls it. And also we get immune to the bad things. We get used to them. And uh, it becomes something uh, we can at least plow through. So interesting. I lost my cell phone uh, this week. I, uh, it, it shattered completely. I mean, it's like if you try to use it now, it, um, you know, it's just all glass just in my fingers. And um, I don't even, I'm not even anxious to get another cell phone because I'm like, do we have any inanimate objects that cause us less joy than any of these computer, any of the technological things? They really are just tools that we don't feel any connection to. And I was thinking, you can feel real connections to inanimate objects. You can feel a connection to the coat you wore when you snuck into the Super Bowl. Or you can feel a connection to a glove that your kids gave you. Um, you know, after you won, you know, you coached their baseball team and, and, the, and they gave you a, a glove as a gift. Every time you use it, you can feel this connection. And it's interesting because so many things have happened with this cell phone in my pocket. And there's so many pictures in the cell phone, but I don't feel any connection to it. It's sitting here next to me, shattered, completely ruined. I don't feel any sadness over it really is a tool that we feel no connection to. I find it interesting we don't feel connected to technological items. It has to be something different than that. Uh, something maybe more frivolous. Maybe that's what it is. Um, a car isn't frivolous. Um, it's a tool. We get connected to that. But I just can't think of any item that I feel less connection to emotionally than a cell phone or a computer. And I think that's interesting because we spend so much time with those two items. Um, lastly, I wanted to talk about the news for a second. And um, I've, I've, I just think it's an interesting transition in, in the news world that these newscasters um, have become, I guess, in their own minds or the network's minds, celebrities. Like, I think they think we're tuning in because of the actual news anchors. Um, I know I, Walter Cronkite was before my time, but the whole idea was you don't know a lot about this guy. His job is to uh, impartially uh, let you know what's going on in the world. That's his job. We don't need to know a lot about him. And I think that made sense. I don't think it makes sense that we have to know about these people. And the reason I say this is Anderson Cooper had a baby and they showed a picture of him with his, with his baby. I, I don't, what is this, why do I need to see Anderson Cooper's baby? I, I don't, I don't understand how that's, re he's supposed to be giving me the news. I don't, when did he become like a celebrity where I'm supposed to care about his baby? Uh, 
you know, Chris, is it Chris Cuomo, the, the, the guy that had the coronavirus, and every single day he was giving us reports on himself? Um, you know, I had some pretty healthy scares or unhealthy scares in my house. I, I, these guys that need to bleed in public and let you know more than you really need to know. Look, this podcast, I reveal a lot more than I ever thought I would. And, and obviously, Cashing with T.J. Miller, it's very uh, talking about our lives. And there's a lot of openness about what's going on. And uh, we reveal more about our personal situations than, than like I said, than I ever thought I would. Um, but this is a podcast. This I'm not telling you news items. I'm not talking to you about what's going on uh, with the Asian hornets. And the idea is we're supposed to have, I don't even think these newscasters should should have names. I don't I don't I don't give a fuck what their name is even. Why do I need to know about uh, what's going on in their personal life for God's sake? I, I just think this transition into having these people, uh, reveals so much about their personal lives is ludicrous. I really do. I, it's it's annoying to me. Uh, you don't go to the dentist and have him like as he's about to do your teeth, um, you know, start showing you baby pictures. Uh, I think that would like kind of disturb you a little bit. You want some separation. I don't want to know too much about these people. I want them to tell me the news. Um, anyway, that's how I feel about it. I find it annoying. Um, and I think on a network that's supposed to be impartial, you know, we know that uh, MSNBC leans left and Fox leans right. You're supposed to have a place you can go where it's just going to be completely impartial and you're not going to have to really consider too much, um, you know, anybody's feelings or opinions. Um, it's supposed to be just straight news. There's no place for that right now. There's no place you can get that. Um, you're always going to have to uh, sort of wade through all this other bullshit. So anyway, that's just one of my few thoughts here uh, in the middle of the morning. Um, I hope you're doing well. It seems like things are coming to, like I said, closer to the end of the uh, um, of the transition here. And we're going to have to transition to a, a, a world where it's very different than it was before. I think it'll get back to normal quicker than people think. I keep telling my wife, I don't think everyone's waiting for the, uh, you know, for, for the vaccine. It sounds like that's not super realistic. I do think it's realistic that humans will figure out, a, you know, better ways to treat this uh, as it goes along um, to shorten the amount of the, uh, the length of the illness, things of this nature. They must be discovering things. Uh, pretty quickly as we're going along. I would guess the treatment would get better each month that, that those of us that are around survive this. So I think that's uh, um, something I feel good about and, and optimistic about. So I'm hoping the world gets back to normal uh, pretty soon here. I hope uh, you guys are hanging in there. I appreciate the 6th and the 4th. Um, this was something we experienced together. I appreciate the kind notes you've sent on uh, the Cashing with T.J. Miller Facebook page. And uh, keep listening to The Big Show. Uh, it's one of the great loves of my life, and I can't wait to talk to T.J. about some of these topics uh, when I can get him on the phone again. So uh, be safe, and uh, we'll see you next time. Show.